in every breath of the human life exists eternity, exists all love of God for us, of each one of us for God, beyond all names, including all names, including all that is, was, ever shall be. And we hesitate in the very center of the heart and soul to realize this because we are chronically anticipating what might have happened that was inadequate. My uncle who died in that war, my great aunt who died from tuberculosis or the flu epidemic of 1918, the pandemic of a century ago, or an ancestor we can't recall because they go so far back, or your ancestor or his ancestor or hers, or that human being's hatred and this woman's fear and that man's anxiety or greed. And so we hesitate and then unfortunately go in the direction that is not love embodied. We justify that we are intelligent enough to seek that direction to protect the next breath from the harm that might happen through another person's incomplete history into the present, into the future, into eternity. So we have a chronic illness of not realizing God and then turning to one another. What about you? You go first. Well, why don't you go first? Well, I'll go first if you go first ahead of me going first. And, and then we start judging one another until we create a cacophony of noises in our hearing of the words we are thinking and the light we are blocking. And then we are in a knot, a K-N-O-T, a knot, knotted up. We can't find the silken thread anywhere. And all we have to do is let go of the history with the prayer that we have the discernment within us and within all of humanity to, in the next breath, call forward the love embodied of God within us each, including everyone, and yet responsibly representing this in absolute freedom of choice within our heart of hearts our soul of souls, and then we take the breath and the next moment goes forward into all time, into eternity, and through all the cells of our body into all of creation. We are responsible for this. This is our path. And so when we practice embodying this, what occurs is every moment that silken floss upon which all the pearls of God are aligned, the domains in each sentient being through whom God dwells and throughout all creation becomes a kind of symphony of the music of the spheres and a quality of the most luminous clear light of reality. And in our hearts and souls, we call that God. Or for a secular humanist, the domain of the cosmic or the universal. 
In this is an eminence of truth and virtue. And then we are called upon to represent that love embodied. And when we do, we are a moral example of this for everyone and for all of creation. And so what gets caught is our arguments about the past. And in our arguments about the past, we have become very identified as a human race with arguing the past to the present, to the next moment. And we tend to project, it's your fault. He did this to me. Her people did this to my people. Until you take care of what happened 10,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago or 100 years ago or in this culture versus this culture or that family versus that family, I'm not going to offer myself. I'm not going to be devoted. Maybe in my prayer within some deep place in myself, but not the totality of me. And so we don't allow ourselves to forgive or to simply allow the existence that has already been in the past. We say, no, I, I will not participate fully in the present breath into the next moment and the next breath into eternity. I will not. But what you can always do for all beings is you can be the person beside that other human being who's having a tantrum or beside the parts of yourself that are having the tantrum. And you can willingly take the present breath into the next breath, embodying love for God, embodying love within yourself toward the place in all beings where the divine seed of God as that pearl exists and in all of creation. And what happens in this is the karmas, the the acts, the, the debris, both good and bad, that exists as the form of the actions of our past starts to become a pearl rather than the rejection of what one did not want or does not know or refuses to understand or is not able to comprehend, doesn't have the capacity to fully comprehend. And when one begins to embody love in this manner, the lessons of every breath before us become lessons of love embodied. How shall I increase that quality of light and reverent sound? I feel it in my very cells, the light, the sound of the divine. I take the next breath and step forward. I call upon that great one to protect me. I call upon him to guide me. I call upon her to bless me. I call upon that for my health, for well-being in my life in all ways, at all times, always. And then we enter the next breath and we embody that love what happens in this is a gesture toward great spiritual freedom 
and a movement of the mystery of God itself moving through us as life. When we are responsive toward God and therefore responsible to embody this to the best of our capacities, the blessing of this is really the blessing of God's holiness going out into everyone and everything. We really can't ascertain the dimensions of it. We don't really have the ability to judge this or perceive in totality what this might be. But this will be one single example. If we take a child of any domain of humanity anywhere upon the earth, we take a little child born in this year of 2021, and we wish for them as they take their first breath upon the earth, that the very truest path is breathed for them through our breath as our soul has caused life and we think and our character, our personality expresses itself in our feelings, our emotions and the tree bark of our life force moves as sap through our bodies and we have a gesture of welcoming that child. When we wish in fulfillment the love embodied that is the path of that child, this goes into every child, every youth, every adult, every elder, every child coming. It doesn't stop. It's just we, one humble human being, we, one dignified human being in self-respect, co-creating with God or being the vessel of the creator so that he or she or that great one moves through us, we as the willing child of that, allowing the oneness within God and ourselves to recognize, remember, and aspire to the oneness in that newborn babe, mercifully existing all throughout life in complete gratitude, fully on purpose, in fulfilled relationship with God within us, hopefully within their parents, their relatives, the whole human race, all of creation. We entrust that to God throughout the heavens and on earth and in our heart of hearts and in that child. We then call that all the shadow, not knowing how to welcome that child, be realized back into God fulfilled with the very light of heaven, offered as their path in spiritual love, held in our devoted prayers, our ceremonies, our virtuous practices. And then we take a breath, and that child takes a breath, ah, love embodied. Someone could say to me, 
But one of the children you prayed for has a grandfather who's a descendant of slave owners. I have a gentleman who spoke to me some months ago of concern that at this time he was making peace. He already personally had peace, but he was making peace with the fact that his family had owned slaves. And when I talked to one friend about it, they said, why? Can't believe, you know, a slave owner. What is he going to do about it? And I said, well, actually his own family were indentured servants. So they were enslaved too. They just happened to be white. Oh, both shadows of the slave thought as victim but the white owner thought of his prestigious elite. I go, no, no, no. No shoes, no animals. They pulled the plow themselves. They didn't own the plow. The people who owned them owned the plow. How could the man make peace with his ancestry? And I said, well, why don't we do something for the slaves currently on the earth? You know, there are more slaves on the earth now than there ever have been in human history. As we take our next breath, we breathe that God, that creator of all, breathe through all those enslaved, all those possessing in ownership or in mercenary sale of buying of, kidnapping of, trading of human slaves, of ourselves, that in that next breath, all of that is offered to the divine as that omnipotent source. We ask that we mercifully receive the thread of grace, that silken thread of grace, that is mercy in form. That through our hearts and souls and lives, to the best of our ability, we will represent love embodied. That what we trade in the marketplace of fruit or juice or vegetables or products of animals or grains, that they be cared for beyond an enslavement of any human being or the earth herself. That the animals cared for from fish to fowl to mammal are cared for with mercy until the hoped for day when we don't need to consume sentient beings for our nourishment. And then in the heart and soul as we practice this, we realize there are so many places where we hold judgment about the past or another person, a neighbor, a family member, relative, partner, child, an elder, a tendency in our own culture or the culture of another part of the world. And we realize, you know, I don't know everything about that slave or that indentured servant, that farmer, that nurse, that homeless person, 
that politician. But what I do know is the place in my heart and soul where I practice that love is embodied. And I turn that direction within myself in the very depth of my heart chakra, my spiritual heart, the very depth of my soul. I turn that direction to the place of that direction in all human beings currently on the earth. That from this moment forward in every breath I take, we are beyond slavery. We will practice this as a human race together. Amen. Then as I take my next breath, I am practicing that deepest path of love embodied. What shall the soul, cells of my body express as the gesture of such grace as the human being I am into eternity?